0: Well, good morning again, everybody. Um, man. Songs in the key of life. Anybody know where that phrase comes from? Where, who's it come from? Stevie Wonder. Thank you for all of you mid, middle-aged people in the room. That's the best. Yeah, Stevie Wonder, yeah, this, this idea, and I just want to introduce the series a little bit before I do kind of a mini-sermon about it on our journey to the table, but this idea that music and our hearts are so deeply connected because it's a God thing, right? You know that, right? That's why even silly songs like She Thinks My Tractor Is Attractive <laughs> somehow touched a core thing inside Danny somewhere along the line because God uses music to speak truth to us. And man, then how amazing when in fact those truths are eternal and they're rooted in the Word. And then how amazing when God, God's Word filled people write incredible worship songs that get right at those truths. And that just takes us. That's why we gather. gathered. That's why we're worshiping every Sunday together. Our hearts and music are so connected. We could do that, you know, just even hearing a few bars. You know that experience when you listen to that station and all of a sudden you get a song from back in the 80s or 90s or when were you even a teenager? like in the 2000s. Um, you know, And you're like, oh, it just brings you right back. And your heart just sort of soars all of a sudden. And you're like, how in the world just a few bars can do that? That there was something that captured your heart in that moment, whether it was a, a sacred song or a secular song. There was something that, it, 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 that your, your, your DNA attached to it. I mean, mine is, mine is not Kenny McChesney. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, could you tell by this deal that I'm not a country guy? Like, That was not it. Mine was, if I hear a few bars of Al Green, if I hear a few bars of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, if I hear a few bars of um, uh, uh, Stevie Wonder, you know who else? Seriously, and I'm not embarrassed to admit this, the Bee Gees, friends. (laughs) Staying alive. (laughs) I mean, Saturday Night Fever was like an important movie in my journey of, of maturity, like of grasping with the world and all of the angst that's in it. I mean, I mean, this just, that stuff throws us way back, these, this idea. Now, before I get a little bit more into my story, though, I want, I want you to turn with me and I, I, uh, to Ephesians chapter 5, because I want to outline what we're really talking about here. This is a biblical concept that God has used music to shape us. And, and I want you to turn in your Bibles. Let's grab one from underneath the, the seat in front of us, if you don't have yours already on your lap. And uh, turn to Ephesians 5, because I've just got this one phrase up on the screen, but I want you to look at the context of this thing. Ephesians 5, does somebody have a page number from the church Bibles? 776, thank you. Oh, 11, sorry. What, Grandpa? I can't hear. 1176? Okay, 1176. We're going to look at Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15, though. This is crazy. You're going to see something here that I bet you you've never really quite noticed before. How's that for a promise? When I was studying for this stuff and saw this context, so look at verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5. It's a paragraph that, of course, is in context. You can read that on your own uh, later. But be very careful then, it says, how you live. Do you see that? Be very careful how you live. Now, this is an exhortation from the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church and and, and therefore to us. He's talking about how important it is to live, how we walk. Be very careful how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, you already see where he's going here. He's starting with saying this is really important how you live. It is important how you live, church, how your walk goes. That's what he's starting with. So he's saying, all right, verse 17, now, therefore, do not be foolish, but what's the wise way to live? What does it say? But understand what the Lord's will is. He's like, you can't just live any old way. You got to know what the Lord's will is. You got to live wisely. You got to know what the Lord's will is. And then he goes on to mention a couple things. Verse 18, this is so interesting. Do not get drunk on wine. This is one of the first things he says. Like, you got to live wisely. It matters how you walk. Oh, by the way, wine's a problem for you, he's saying. Like, what what does that mean? Well, because we're self-medicating, because we're just checking out, because we don't want to be careful how we live. We just want to do what we want to do. It's just a symptom of that. It isn't all about wine and molecules of alcohol getting in your body. That's not what it's about. It's about us figuring out other ways to live than wise ways of understanding the Lord's will. It's about taking the easy way out. You see that? You hear that? He he just goes, boom, don't get drunk with wine. Okay, because that leads to the bakery, it says. No, it doesn't. It leads to debauchery, which means it's just a cheap way of living. It's just a descent into the lowliness of like, that's not, we're living a higher life. We're living a life of understanding what the Lord's will is, right? Okay, instead, what's the option? Instead of checking out, living wisely, what's the option? Instead, do what? Be filled with the Spirit. Okay, we preach that all the time. Yeah, let's be spiritual people. And then, these two surprising verses, after saying, okay, the antithesis of unwise living is being filled with the Spirit, that's wise living, he talks about music. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, and then here's the outcome of it. Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, or songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. In that, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What a crazy thought that he goes, listen, you you can't just live however you want. You gotta live wisely. You can't just check out. You have to live intentionally. You have to be filled with the Spirit. And as you're filled with the Spirit, guess what? It's gonna include music that's made in our hearts and that comes out into our lips. Music is part of wise living and being filled with the Spirit. Isn't that craziness? He could have said so many other things in there, but he goes instead, be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making music in your heart to the Lord. There's something about this that is how God wants to shape us, which is why. When we gather together once a week, we fill it with music. Do you wonder that sometimes? I know some of you wonder it sometimes because you're doing this. It's a long morning if you're not into music. I understand that but we're unapologetically going, that's rooted in scripture because our hearts are connected to it. The Lord is doing something around this music that, uh, that is part of our discipleship process, a part of uh, our longing uh, to be closer to him. And so we decided to do this series called Songs in the Key of Life. And here's what we're gonna do. This fun. We're gonna have some fun with it. We're gonna also pull out some songs that maybe were part of our youth, the way that we just did with Danny's, or part of our growing up, or even songs in the secular world that are sort of have these meanings that attach to some core heart stuff. Because that's how music does that. It, I mean, super just dumb music, doesn't do anything, but music that has some message that attaches to like, oh, there's something deep in there. And we're going to reflect on those things because here's the deal. If their core human needs, if their core human experiences, then God's word is going to have something to say about it. And we're going to turn and study that. And then we're also going to see how God's poets and musicians and artists have taken those spiritual uh, truths, eternal truths from God's word, and have made them into worship songs, where we're able to sing and make music in our hearts to the Lord. You with me on that? Doesn't that sound like a fun thing to do? Now, mine is not Kenny McChesney or whatever his name is. Uh, I titled this sermon and my this thing "Let's Stay Together." You guys know Al Greens' "Let's Stay Together." Come on, look at him. Is he the coolest ever? 1972, Al Green, let's stay together. Let's hear We got to hear just a little bit of it. Let's play some of it, you guys. All right, that's good. All right, isn't that good, Al Green? We just play, you know his nickname, right? Al Green's nickname, The Rev. All right, you don't get this music without knowing Jesus. That's all I got to say. The Rev, let's stay together. That's part of my story. You see, my story, you guys, is my story is about this core longing to be in a love that lasts. See, if you know my story, we come from a divorced family, came from uh, as a younger man looking for love in all the wrong places, lots of heartbreak, breaking up and being broken up with, and how that impacted. As I started to grow older uh, and maturing, I was, in my heart, there was just this longing for something deeper and more significant and, and something that lasted, a love that lasted. And this Al Green idea of staying together was so uh, much a, um, administered to me. There was this thought of, I, I want a love that lasts. Do you hear God at work in my soul just longing for this song? I mean, that's the wisdom, you guys, to look at our stories and go, do you see God at work in your story? Do you see God at work in my story in, 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 in awakening me to the song like this, because I wanted a love that would last. Because hey, parenthetically, every love song we've ever heard is really about God, isn't it? It's really about our deepest things. So this kind of woke me up. This kind of became a theme for me, um, that uh, this, this a love that would last. In fact, look at this next slide. This, you wouldn't have any idea what this is. This is actually the original writing of, my wife wrote a song for our wedding. And the name of the song is After All. No, sorry, it wasn't. Through It All. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Through It All. Because we were together and apart and together and apart, and I was wrestling to be able to be the man and step up into that relationship that she needed, that I needed to become. We weren't sure if I was ever going to pull it together. And on our wedding day, as a surprise to me, her sister-in-law sang this song called Through It All. The subtext of Through It All. You hear that let's stay together thing? The subtext of that Through It All thing was, and it was in her song, was because the Lord is going to carry us through it all. Oh, this love that would last. And it went on, it went on to our first dance, our first dance song. Our first song was called After All. That's why I got confused. It's an Al Jarreau song. It's so amazing. You've got to imagine this. You have to imagine this beautiful song. I'm going to play a minute of it for you in just a second. You've got to imagine it. No, you don't have to imagine it. Here's a picture of us dancing. You, this is, you You got to go, that, all right, there you go. <laughs> Listen to this theme, this song by Al Jarreau, After All. We're going to play a minute of it. You've got to hear this. Go ahead. All right, that's enough. Is that the best 80s song ever? There's this line in there about this, this childhood wish that I would be the knight in shining armor being true to you. You see, you guys, this core thing that God spoke to early on in my story is this longing for true north, that I would long to be faithful no matter what You see, there's a tons, I was longing for a love that would last, but, and there are tons of verses, and it was easy for me to get my head around the fact that God's love toward me would last, but there's something in my story, something that God spoke to from the very beginning that said, but what about you, Jeff? What awakened in me was my challenge for me to be faithful in a love that would last, that I would be one who would be faithful, that I would be one who would hang on to my love, and this is all about our love for God. I would be faithful no matter what. And I want you to look with me real quick at, uh, at Ephesians chapter 10, as I, um, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, as we just talk about this idea of being, that, that I, I think the word encourages all of us. There's a message for all of us, not just me, in this. That we are people who are challenged by that call to be faithful no matter what in our love for God that we would step up as knights in shining armor in heroic ways to be true to what we believe, to be true to our Lord and Savior, to be true to to, uh, serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has rescued us. This is a core need in every one of us. In Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, you see some of this perseverance in there, some of this longing to be faithful no matter what. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Since God saved us, in other words, all those verses on the last slide meant, since God's done this incredible thing by rescuing us, let us draw near to him with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts cleansed, sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Do you hear it in there? Do you hear that heroic sense of wanting to be faithful to our God? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. He goes on at the end of the chapter to speak rather dramatically about difficulties that we may face. Go to the next slide for me, Mark, there. Verse 32, remember those early days after you'd received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and you joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Listen, he's talking about this incredible joy in being faithful even when circumstances were unbelievably difficult. Because you knew, verse 30 of 34, that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. That inspires every fiber of my being because my core longing is to be a man who would be found faithful of this high calling, that I'm my side of this equation of, a, of being in a love relationship with God that would last, that I could step up and step into that, and that I would persevere no matter what. Friends, some of us need to hear that word in our discipleship journey. Because that is very, all, for all kinds of reasons, faithfulness is, gets very difficult. Would you agree with that statement? For all kinds of reasons, faithfulness gets difficult. Being faithful to God. This is why there's so many worship songs that are written around this idea of reconfirming and reaffirming that we want to be faithful, that we're going to come and be God worshipers no matter what we go through. My favorite one is Blessed Be Your Name by, by Matt Redman. Look at the words of this, blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful where streams of abundance flow. Of course, bless you, Jesus, I'm all about you. But then also blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing I'll pour out, I'll turn back to praise. And when darkness closes in, Lord, still then I'm gonna say blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down, when it's all the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, I will still be faithful, to bless you, no matter what. That's not Christianity 101 friends. That's grad school. And that's part of a deep calling in us to be faithful no matter what. So for all kinds of reasons, faithfulness gets difficult. There's a whole bunch of them. There's shame, you see that in our Hebrews verse which, uh, that we looked at, shame being that when we are overwhelmed by just not having been faithful, that takes us out of the game. Can anybody resonate with that? The spiral of having let God down, the spiral of not being the woman or the man that we need to be, the spiral of shame and guilt over that, not being able to enter into the truth where Jesus has, in fact, made a way for us to enter in fully to his presence. That's a Hebrews passage was talking uh, about that idea that since we have this pr- great priest over the house of God, let us enter un, uh, what does it say? How does it, how did it say it? Um, Let us draw near with full assurance. We don't do that. We stay away from God. For all kinds of reasons, faithfulness is difficult. There's shame, but the scriptures, the truth says, no, step into it, live into it, draw near with full assurance. There's doubt that comes and it's difficult to be faithful because of our doubt. And that text in Hebrews says, so then hold unswervingly to the hope you profess. Even though you're just professing it, even though you're just saying it, but you don't believe every word of it at some seasons. Why don't you believe every word of it? Because sometimes it sounds ludicrous, sometimes because you can't believe that God would come through that way. But you just, you keep speaking it, you hold unswervingly to it. That's what the text says. We hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful, so we're gonna hang on. And it also gets difficult because there's challenges, there's circumstances in our life that just become overwhelming to us and rocks us. It throws us for a loop. Our confidence is shaken. We get confused. We don't know how God could be involved. That whole last paragraph of the Hebrews text that we looked at that just said, there was all this persecution and suffering that you went through, and still you hung on no matter what. Remember it said, don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. If you're gonna receive what God has for you, you hang on even through the hardest things. And so our songs, our worship life encourages us, draws us out to remember these truths, to rehearse them, that when it's hard, the word tells us to to opt to hang in, to opt to hang on, to opt to wait for him to come through, to live out of obedience to this truth. That's what faithfulness is. This is our longing. This is our core longing to be found faithful. And the word and all these worship songs exhort us to step into it, to choose it, in fact, Matt Redman's, one of the lines of Matt Redmond's song says, my heart will choose to say. I'll choose it. Blessed be your name. So that's an, I'm gonna leave you with that message today. When we, what's your heart gonna choose to say? Through the shame we experience, the doubt we experience, the challenges we experience. Will your heart opt in that core lung to be faithful no matter what? Will you choose to be a Christ one no matter what you face? This goes hand in hand with Ben's message from last week. What will you be about this year? Will you choose? One last text around this that I just want to show you. This is from John chapter 6. This came at a time where Jesus had done some miracles. Jesus had done some challenging things. Jesus had done some confusing things. The disciples wondered if it was going to be safe to follow him. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Just get a grasp of that word. From this time on, his disciples, his people who called in his name, people who worshiped him, who followed him around, who wanted to be devoted to him, were like, oh, yeah, no, I'm out. And Jesus said to the 12, you don't want to leave two, do you? What are you going to do? Hang on now, church. Faithful people like yourselves have just set them out. And Jesus looks at every single one of us and goes, what about you? What will you choose to do? And Simon Peter, of course, the heart leader Answers him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of life. We believe and we know that you're the Holy One of God. Friends, it is a core longing in each one of us to be faithful no matter what, because in that we receive what has been promised, in that we know that life at its fullest is to be found. And every time we short circuit it or take the easy way out or bail out, we don't receive this epic life that God is calling us to. And so as we begin this new year, can you hear Jesus say, what about you? And does it inspire you from the deepest places along with all these worship leaders and all this teachings of scripture? to say, let's stay together. Where else would I go? You have life, and I believe in you. That's how we, what we rehearse in worship, and we're going to have some chance to worship in a few moments to end our gathering. But that kind of reminder, that kind of rehearsal is exactly what the table is about, that we come together every month, some, some circumstances every week, to remind ourselves that this is in fact what the Lord has done for us and what we want to live for. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember the truth. Rehearse the truth that this is what I've done. Now pause for a minute before I go on to talk about the cup. Think about it. This isn't just us saying, I remember what you did, Jesus. This is us saying, and I opt in. I'm choosing to be faithful to this reality. And I will take you inside me. That's the symbol of this. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. A new agreement has been made. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For when you eat the bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim, you pronounce, you settle the issue that he's died for you and that you're waiting for him to come again. Church, it's about saying, I'm all about you. As you come to the table, friends, there's stations in the front and the back. We're gonna come with some quiet music playing behind you. This is what I want you to do as you come. We're not gonna have words, we're not gonna have singing, but these words will be on the screen. The words from John chapter six. As you come and you wait in line and you grab the elements, by the way, the communion bread is gluten-free for everybody to be able to take. Take the elements back to your seat, and any time during these couple of songs, you receive the elements, and as you do, both waiting in line, walking back, receiving the elements, pray these words, where else would I go? You alone bring life. I believe and I know that you are the Holy One of God. It is our core longing to be faithful. Faithful. To him no matter what. Let's reaffirm that and rehearse that as we worship. Let's stand together anytime during this segment, come to the table and meet the Lord.